I am uh, going to continue uh, my sermon series that I began a little while ago called The Blessing of Inconvenience. And as I began the sermon series, I, I began with the contrast of, of the things that are inconvenient in our lives, but the blessing that it is, as, and, and kind of com- contrasted that to the convenient things in life and the cost of convenience. And I used um, buying gasoline from Costco as one of my examples, right? It's so inconvenient to go to Costco because of the long lines and you have to wait. And it's just, you know, it's so much more convenient to go to a Chevron or to a Shell station. But when you look at the prices, it's such a huge difference. And there's a huge cost to convenience. You can, you can go to a, cost, uh, to a Chevron and it'll cost you way more. Or you could take the inconvenient route. And, and, and the blessing of that is that you, you save so much. And then you can use that same illustration for how you build relationships, right? There are people in our lives where we just invest lots of time with. We spend all of our time with them. We go through the good and the, the hard and the troubling with them. And they're the people that are the closest to us. They're the people we spend the most time with, we invest the most of our emotional energy with. You you could call them very inconvenient people, but they're, they're the people that make a difference in our lives. And then there are convenient relationships that we have where everything's just on the surface and, and, and there's not a whole lot of... Uh, of, of trans- there's not a lot of transformation that goes on when we have relationships that are just convenient. So today... If you're sitting next to somebody that you have invested a lot into, that there's lots of emotional energy that has been exchanged, turn to them and say to them, you are so inconvenient. (laughs) But what a blessing to be that person. To be the inconvenient person in somebody's life today. And, um, and my hope and prayer is that as your pastor, I will be a terribly inconvenient person in your life. What I'd like to do is share today's scripture. And, um, and if you notice the, uh, the message, the title of my sermon today is called The Inconvenience of Good Health. Can I get an amen? <laughs> We're going to dig deep a little bit and, and talk about this. But if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to begin reading at verse 24 and go through verse 27. And uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, hear the word of the Lord. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race... All run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all all things. They they then do it to receive a perishable wreath or a perishable prize. But we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way... As not to uh, 
Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And so this passage of scripture that we have here is the Apostle Paul giving this amazing lesson, this this teaching that parallels spiritual training with physical training. And he stresses the importance of training in order to win the race. Okay, And Paul begins by asking a rhetorical question. He asks, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Right. So he's asking us, don't you know that everybody that runs in the race is a runner? And you're like, uh, the answer to that is, uh, yeah, we all know that. And but only one gets the prize. Um, but there's a deeper question that Paul is asking all of us here. And it's not so much that, do you not know that those who run in the race are runners? The question that he's really asking all of us today is this. Do you know that you are one of the runners in this race? That's what he's really getting at. We are all a part of this, this race in life. We're, we're, we're all running a race that we call life. And the failure to recognize that you are in this race immediately takes you out of the opportunity to win the prize. You don't even know you're running in a race. How can you prepare yourself for what Paul is getting at to prepare yourself to, to win the prize, right? If, if you don't know you're running in the race, there's no chance you're going to even win because you're not even in it. So, we're all engaged in this race. He asks this rhetorical question to just make you understand we're all in it. We're all in this race. And this race is a unique race. When you think of a race and a running race, I don't know what you think of. For me, the, 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 the thing that I instantly go to is, is like a 100-yard dash, right? But that's not what Paul is talking about here. In fact, this race is so unique. There's several things that you need to know about this unique race of life. First of all, in this race, even though he talks about competition, in the race of life, we're not competing against one another. It's a race that we're all engaged in. And, and, and the hope is that we all, we all get to the finish line and win this race. But I'm not competing against any of you, and neither are you competing against me. We're all running in a race, though. And the race is not a 100-yard dash. The race is kind of more like four or five marathons all strung together. I mean, it's a long race. It's the race of our lives. And the finish line is different for every single person. The finish line is when we get done with our time here on earth. So this this race is such a unique race. It's a long race, not a sprint. And therefore, church, the way we prepare for this long journey is going to be completely different than if you were preparing for a 100-yard dash, right? 
So those of you who ran track, anybody ran, ran track in, in, in high school or college? I see, good. I never ran track. <laughs> but I understand that if you're going to run a marathon, how many of you run a marathon before? I know there are a few. Hey, congratulations. If you run a marathon, Jeremy, it's completely different training than if you're going to just run a quick 100-yard dash, isn't it? I mean, you're preparing for the long haul. And that's so important to know because if the way you prepare your life, right, for this race of life, if you're just preparing for a 100-yard dash, it's no wonder so many people fall out of the race because they're preparing for the wrong thing. You're... If, 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 you, if I'm just trying to prepare for a 100-yard dash and sprint as fast as I can and get after 100 yards and look ahead and everybody's passing me by, and I'm the first one to get to 100 yards, by the way, but everyone's passing me by because I'm in the wrong race, then I fear that I won't make it to the end. And when you parallel the, the, the race of life, so many people prepare for just this short race when we've got all of our lives to continue that journey. And the spiritual principle of this all, of all of this, is that we've got to get ready for the long run, the long haul. And far too many people are unprepared. And that's why so many people come and maybe fill the roads and fill the seats of the chair. And in just a short time, they're no longer here. They, they weren't prepared for this faith journey to be something that they continued for all their lives. And I think this is such an important lesson to learn because so many burn out so quickly. And when they burn out, they quit the race because they're not properly conditioned for the long haul. And those who quit, not eligible to win the prize. Paul says, run in such a way. Train your body in such a way so that you can win the prize. And so the Apostle Paul stresses proper training and not aimlessly training, right? He says, uh, I don't just run aimlessly and if I'm a boxer, I don't just beat the air. There's purpose for what we do. There's intention for how we do it because why we're training and how we train matter so much. We don't train aimlessly. Training for a marathon requires your body to be conditioned for the long haul. And you see the parallel in our faith. And so if we don't, if we don't train properly, it's so easy to get burned out. To quit before the race is done and drop out completely. Now, I will tell you that the spiritual training that it takes for us to, to get to the, the end of the race for our lives, it's a long haul. So we've got to pr prepare for the long haul. And we have done a lot of things to that we've talked about to prepare people to train for that long haul. And, and when you do, it takes lots of time to prepare yourself and condition your heart spiritually. Not only does it take a long time, 
There's a lot of effort that goes in. And sometimes it's, it's a hassle to come to church every Sunday and then on Wednesday to come to dish.com and to come early in the morning to pray. And all of these things, they just add more things and you're like, oh, it's so inconvenient. But what a blessing it is to be inconvenienced, isn't it? Because the, the title of this sermon series is The Blessing of Inconvenience and I thank God that He gives us the privilege to be inconvenienced that way. And so, the things that we've been talking about for many, many months now, the long haul of grasping the Word of God. And I'm going to remind you that your hands are what you use to grasp anything and and using this as an illustration. Some of you have heard it before, some not, so I'll just quickly go through it again. Everybody hold out your thumb to me like this. This represents hearing. So, if I just hear the Word of God, I'll never grasp it. I'll show you this again. I'll never grasp the Word of God. If all you do is come to church and listen to pastors preach, like myself, and you think you're going to grasp God's Word, you won't. It's important, though, that you're here. Because if you hear the Word of God, everybody hold up your next finger. This is reading God's Word. So you hear it and you read it, and guess what? Oh, I can begin to grasp the word of the Lord when I hear it being preached and I'm reading it for myself. This is so good, but your grasp is not a very strong one. So hold up all three fingers now, please. Thank you. <laughs> now, when, you when you hear it and you read it, and this, this middle finger is studying God's word, and you gather in Bible studies and, or Sunday school classes, when you gather together with other people that are trying to learn the word of God together, Guess what? You read it, you hear it, you read it, you study it together, and then you have a grasp of God's Word that is getting stronger all the time. And then your pinky finger is when you start memorizing Scripture. In dish.com, every week there's a passage of Scripture we all memorize. And then the pinky finger is when, you, when you, all that you hear, all that you read, and you learn, and you study, and you memorize, you start to apply God's Word. And you know what happens? You have a grasp of God's Word that no one can take out of your hand or your heart. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And doing this is so inconvenient because it takes so much time, but the blessing of inconvenience is that when you spend the time in God's Word, you're preparing your heart, you're conditioning yourself for the long run. Not only, not only grasping God's Word, but, but prayer is such an important thing. And building the stamina to pray. That's hard to do. That's, hard, that's the hard work of the church is, 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 is building stamina to pray. Try this at home. Set your timer for three minutes and pray for three minutes at home. Just try it. By the end of a minute and a half, you're starting to fidget. Like, what do I do? <laughs> and, and what we want to do here at the church is to pray with you. And join together so that we can all grow and learn and, and build that stamina of prayer together. And then in this church, we have so many opportunities to, sh- to, to, to share our faith with others. 
And we can do that well. And to serve others. And we can do that well. But studying God's word and, and grasping God's word, building the stamina to pray, serving other people in mission and, and ministry, and then sharing the good news of Jesus, all of that takes time. All of that is inconvenient. But all of it is a blessing. And all of that, when we engage deeply in our faith that way, you know what that builds? The conditioning of our soul and our spirit for the long run. It's not a sprint. And that's how we move forward mile after mile, day after day, year after year. And for some people, century after century, no, (laughs) it's a long time. But year after year, oh my goodness, this is the blessing of inconvenience. And the more you exercise your faith, the healthier you become. The foundation of building strong, deep, inconvenient relationship with God is doing just what we talked about, the conditioning of your soul. And it's vital for our long-term marathon race of life for us to have good, healthy, spiritual health that way. Excuse me. The Santa Anas are killing me. Anybody else? I couldn't even sleep last night. I was just just dry. Oh. Oh. Well, and so what I'd like to do as I move on into my sermon is, is to see how the Apostle Paul contrasts the, the, the physical conditioning of our lives with the spiritual conditioning of our lives. And Paul, in this passage that you have in front of you, says that we should run the race to win the prize. But those of you, he says, but, but the prize for running the actual race, is, it's, 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 it's a prize that, that doesn't last forever, right? You, you, my, my translation here says you get a wreath, or you get a crown, or whatever award it is that, that you, run, you, you run for. Run the race. And, and physically, if we run the race, and we, we, we're the first one to win, we get the prize. And, and so many people strive for those prizes. We, we love to run and win earthly prizes. And, and the, the, the reminder that Paul gives us is this. Those prizes, they only last for a short time. We love the accolades. We we, we love the crowns and the wreaths and the medals and the badges. But Paul is saying, let's run for something that will last forever. A prize that will not fade, that, that is waiting for you in glory. Run in such a way as to get the prize of eternity. That's what he's saying. And the encouragement then is not to give up in the middle of the race, but prepare yourself well so that the journey, the long journey, will be one that can be filled with great joy instead of a breathless, exhausting, painful journey that people often run because they're unprepared for the long haul. That's why people quit, because they're not conditioned well. So Paul says, go into strict training. He uses the word strict training right here. 
Give your best to the preparation. Don't do it haphazardly. And when you prepare yourself spiritually, the results are that you will have good spiritual health. And good spiritual health is something that is highly inconvenient, right? Now I'm going to pause and ask you guys a question today. Raise your hand if you feel like right now you're in tip-top spiritual health that you can't get any better. Like, this is the best you've ever been. Anybody here? If you all raised your hand, I was going to pronounce the benediction and we can all leave. (laughs) But you are honest, as I am with myself, and we all realize that the spiritual health of our lives needs conditioning and it needs work. Just like our physical life does as well, too. And our our physical health is something that we often take for granted. Our spiritual health is something we often take for granted. We overlook it until, right, we're not in good health anymore. Isn't that true? We don't think about anything. We don't think about how good we feel, how healthy we are until... We either get injured or we get sick. And, and if you're anything like me, and, you know, I struggle with some, some issues. One of the things is my back is always kind of sore. Anybody have a sore back sometimes? And you don't know how important it is to have a healthy body until you're aching and you're sore. And you're like, oh, and then you can't do things that you, that you normally can do, right? Because our physical health, our physical health determines oftentimes our, our daily, our, what we can do every single day. If, if we're not healthy physically, it limits us from a lot of things that, that we would normally be able to do, we're not going to be able to do anymore. Just last year in December, I went to go visit Rochelle's family in Arizona. And it was such a busy time. And I got there, and I was just tired already. Didn't do anything to to be physically fit or anything like that. And we were at a place where there was a volleyball court, and the little nieces and nephews, Uncle, will you play volleyball with us? Okay, we'll go play volleyball. And all I did was just play a little bit of volleyball. And then I hurt my back really bad. I mean, so bad that on the, I, was, I was afraid that I wasn't going to make it home on the plane ride. It was so sore. And I got to church, and maybe you guys, some of you heard me talk about it, but I was in agony and pain. And when I was in such pain with my back issue, all of the things that I so loved to do, I couldn't. You know, uh, you all know that I enjoy playing golf. Couldn't swing a club. You know, I like to go, I couldn't go, I couldn't do anything. And it was so disheartening. You know why? Because I just wasn't healthy. Do you know that when we don't care for our spiritual health, that it prevents us from doing things spiritually that God would have us to do? And here's another illustration that makes so much sense, and that is this. When, when, when you don't care for yourself and condition your body you, you can get injured easily doing things like playing volleyball. The reason why my back hurts so much is because my core is so weak. Right? I, I didn't engage my core and I hurt my back. And oh, that, That's what happens when you get old. Amen? Yeah. 
here's the here's the connection. So many people get injured spiritually because they're not spiritually conditioned well. They take offense. Things happen, and, and you're you're not you're not in the relationship that you ought to be with God and with people, and so we get hurt, we get upset, and people quit the race. Spiritual conditioning and spiritual health is so inconvenient, but so important to all of us. I've lost my place in my notes because I put my Bible down for so long. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Ah, right here. I remember the last time, well, I remember the time in my life where I was the most physically fit. Like, I was... I remember a time in my life when I, uh, I was the most physically in, in good health. And obviously, it was when I was much younger. I was a student at Point Loma. And, um, and I played, many of you don't know this, but I played basketball for Point Loma Nazarene University. Uh, Jeff, did you know that I played basketball for Point Loma? We went to college together. He didn't even know that. See that guy number 44 right there? Handsome guy kneeling down? <laughs> now, don't get too impressed, okay? Don't get too impressed. Um, this was the JV team. I never made it to the varsity team. And I only got to play when we were 40 points down with two minutes left to go. That's, that's it. Now, there's two ways to look at that. One way to look at that is the coach, by the way, he's right up there. Some of you may know him, Rich Hill. Man of faith. <laughs> 40 points down with two minutes to go. He looks down the bench and he sees no hope, right? It's, it's over. Wong, get in there. That's one way to look at it, surely. The other way to look at it is he looks up at the score with 40 points down and he looks down the bench and he looks up at the time and he says, we're running out of time. And he looks down the bench. There's two minutes to go. I'm a man of faith. Who can help us catch up with just two minutes to go being down 40? Won't get in the game. That's how I look at it. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) I, I wanted to tell you that I was the healthiest when I was, I don't know how old I was, 20 or whatever, back then, because I went to practice every single day. Two hours of hard practice from three to five in the afternoon with my team. And, um, and everything the starting five did, you see the guys in the back that are really tall? <laughs> That's why they got to play so much. Everything that they did, guess what? I did too. All the stretching, all the running of laps, the running of the plays, all of the, 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 and at the very end of practice, the last 10 or 15 minutes, if you've ever played basketball, you did wind sprints. They called them suicides because you felt like dying at the end. You would 
at one end, you'd run to the free throw line and come back, sprint to half court, come back, sprint to the other free throw line, come back, sprint down court and come back, and then you just do it again and again and again. And sometimes the, ref, the coach would say, do this till I get tired. You know, and I'd go, oh, and you're just running and running and running. And in those days when I was young, I could run all day long and not get tired. How many points did I score? My best game playing there was four points. So I, I wish I could say 40, but it was just four. And I only got to play two minutes, so. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Ian. <laughs> but I, I, I did everything the starting five did. I conditioned my body. I could run forever and not get tired. That was 35 years ago. Now, walking from there to here, I'm out of breath. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Being on a team really helped me because I could do it with other people. And as they did it, I did it. We encouraged one another. And committing to practicing every single day, that's a huge commitment. I could have done so many other things as a student. I could have had better grades. I stress the word could. (laughs) I could have learned to play piano. I could have learned to play guitar. In fact, when I went to Point Loma, I really wanted to learn to play guitar badly. I took a few classes, and now I do. I play badly. (laughs) I could have done a lot of different things. Instead, I chose the inconvenient blessing of going to practice every day, and that resulted in good health. The best, the healthiest I'd ever been. And here's the challenge, right? That we've got to keep our bodies in good spiritual health. Keep up the practice. And I have found that the older I get, oh, the more inconvenient it is to be healthy, physically and spiritually. The problem is that when, when you get older, right, it's, it's so hard. But when you learn to do things together, it makes all the difference in the world. Today, so excited to tell you. We started a brand new Sunday school class today. And there's, there's, there's a, a group of people that just began a new team. That they're going to they're gonna practice their faith together. And that's so exciting to hear. The, the new Sunday school class, their name, their name is called BFF. Right? Bible for families. But they're going to be Best friends forever as well, too. I believe that. And it's, it's, it's these young families with beautiful young children. Oh, I went in there, I peeked in on them, and there's these babies crawling all over. And I was like, thank God. And that's what it looks like to, to, to grow in spiritual health. The inconvenience of gathering together. Could they have done anything else? Sure. But you know what? They're, they're doing it. They're gathering together inconveniently to help their good spiritual health. Wow. So like many of you, as I get older, I'm dealing with all kinds of chronic pains. I've, I've shared with you some of them that I, that I have, but, but, but humor me for a second. Say amen if, if you share the same chronic pain that I have. Any, anybody struggle with pain in their feet or their heels with their Achilles tendon or their heel? Say amen. Just say amen. Amen, yeah. How many of you have knees that are kind of achy and sore? Any of you? Amen? Amen. 
Who has elbow problems like tennis elbow or golfing elbow? Anybody? Amen? Just a few. How about back problems? Amen. <laughs> I even saw Rebecca, a college student, say amen. <laughs> <You go. laughs> yeah. And, 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 and so much of this happens it's because we don't condition our bodies well. That's why aches and pains happen. We have to maintain good health to alleviate a lot of this thing, the, the things, the pains that we're struggling with. And spiritually, it's the same thing. Spiritually, it's the same thing. How, how many of you suffer spiritually with these things that I suffer with? Irritability, amen? Yeah. Impatience, amen? Amen. Yeah. Uh, we'll go on. Uh, how many of you struggle with being unkind, amen? Nobody? You guys are all kind. How about a lack of self-control? Amen? You know? Spiritually, it matters how we, control, we condition our hearts and our souls and our spirits. And good health, church, doesn't come easily. We all know that. Physically or spiritually. It takes time. It takes effort. It requires you to change. It means changing your diet. And I don't understand why they call the word diet if it helps you to live better. It should be called live it. I know what diet means. (laughs) I'm just asking why do they name it that? It should be live it, right? Our spiritual diets are the same way. Sometimes we starve ourselves from God's word. We starve ourselves from, from the fellowship of people that, that help us grow in our faith. We starve ourselves from the good things that God would have for us and instead we choose to indulge in all the things that our phone gives and TV and all the stuff. And, and that's what we feed our souls with. We've got we to gotta condition ourselves so much better. Amen? Thank you. And so the inconvenience of good health really is a blessing because it prepares our body, our hearts, our souls, our spirits for the marathon of life that's ahead of us. And we can remain in the race so that in the end, we can win the prize. So, talking about good health, leads me to the very conclusion of my sermon today, looking at both the body and the spirit. Because good health, uh, having a good, healthy spirit is, uh, requires a healthy body as well, too. If, if you don't have a, a, a healthy body, then there's no real point in having a good, healthy spirit. If you're dead, spirit's gone. And so, in November... Um, as the pastor of this church, this is the first thing, first time we're going to do this. What, what I'd like to do with the men in the church is to, to, to journey into a movement that's been going on for quite some time that's called Movember, or sometimes they call it No Shave November. And, and, and people make fun of it a little bit because uh, of the things that they, they ask you to do, but this is the, the spiritual principle, or the principle of Movember. And that is for, for men to talk about good health, to, to stress 
what it means to be healthy men and to deal with the issues that men never talk about that helps us with good health. Guys, when was the last time anybody talked to you about the, the very issues that men struggle and deal with? We, we, we don't do that too well. And not even in the church. We're, we ought to be able to talk about these things and do well. So, the schedule that I have made for us is that on Saturday, May 4, uh, November 4th, um, we're going to talk about men's physical health. We're going to have breakfast and a panel of people that have gone through a lot of the struggles of health issues that, that we don't talk about and yet are so important. And if you never talk about it, how do you prepare for it? So uh, we're going to do that. We're going to have breakfast, have a panel, and then it's, it's, it's going to be our inaugural event. So I would like every man in the church, if you're here on November 4th, to sign up. If, if, if you're going to miss a couple of weeks, and I get that, sign up anyway and, and, and let us know when you're not going to be here so we can prepare for the times that you are here. The next week, we're going to talk about our emotional health. And, and men... Men have times of anxiety and depression as well. Do we ever talk about that? No. We struggle with addictions. Do we ever talk about that? Never. And one of the hardest things that men have is struggle with making friendships. Guys struggle with that. How do you do that well? We're going to address those things so that we can, we can do this together encouraging one another, helping each other. And so, and then on the 18th, I'm really excited about this. All the guys should sign up for this one. Dr. Dave Cummings, who's sitting right over here, he's a part of our church. Um, he's going to be our speaker. And that's a dinner. That's going to be a dinner. And, and Dave will be sharing about his own journey through some of the challenges of mental health. And, and through that, Dave has written a book called Everybody's Got Bears. I just got my copy. And, um, and in it, he, he chronicles his journey where he took a whole year off of work to care for himself so that he can be somebody that functions well. And he has a story to tell that I believe so many people in our church need to hear. We're going to start with the guys, but then we'll find other opportunities for you to share. So gentlemen, if you can, do a couple things for me. Grow a mustache like me, or a beard, or goatee. I'm doing my best. I had to get a three-week head start just to get to where I'm at now. <laughs> Hair doesn't grow on me very easily. And so, uh, do that. And, and the, re- the reason why. Why are, you do- why are you doing this? So that when people see this inchworm on my face, <laughs> Pastor, why are you growing that? It's then that I can actually tell them. Hey, this is because we're focusing in November on the issue of men's health. And I'd like for you to come and be a part of it. And if, if my face was normal, then you would never ask me about why I'm doing this. But because I have this, you know, that's different. Why are you doing that? Gives us a chance to talk about it. So, guys, if you grow it out and it looks weird and funny, thank God, because when people ask you about it, <laughs> then you can say, this is for the reason. And for all of the... the the, the wives and girlfriends and fiancés that say, oh, don't do it. It's just for a month. Just give us a chance to have some fun. <laughs> so, as we close, 
Let's do three things. Men, number one, grow your goatee or mustache and, and go sign up outside. Two, ladies, would you pray for us? Because we're trying to have fun talking about it, but this is serious. And, and if we never talk about it here, we won't ever talk about it anywhere else. And when we do, the health of this church will get better. And that's what I'm interested in. Because not only are we going to talk about physical health, emotional health, mental health, incorporated and weaved through all that will be the spiritual health that God desires for all of us to have. So thank you, ladies, for praying. And let's all make a commitment to be healthier physically and spiritually in our church. You don't have to do this alone. There's plenty of groups that meet. Our college group meets. We have youth group that meets. We're starting. If you have young children, we've got a brand new BFF class for you to meet in. And for all of you who recently graduated from college, I'm about to start a brand new class for you so that we can be a part of a team that encourages one another to grow healthier physically and spiritually. Church, let's run the race to win. Will you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for this message today. It was fun to preach. But Lord, it was a challenging message because even as I preached it today, I realized that I'm, I'm not a model for good, excellent health physically. And I need to get better. And that's, I'm, I'm preaching to myself in so much of that. And spiritually, Lord God, we all could find ourselves in a healthier place. And I stand here, Lord God, realizing that my message is talking about the inconvenience of good spiritual health. And that's something I believe I can talk about well. So help us, Lord God, to engage well in this, in this race that we're all in, not competing against one another, but striving, dear God, to be a part of this race where we each can finish well and win the race in our own lives. Give us the endurance and the stamina and the wisdom, Lord God, to prepare well and, and help us to invite others to come along and join us. In the next few weeks, Lord God, as we focus our attention on being healthier, I pray that you can open our eyes so that we can learn and grow and be a part of something that will make us better people. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen.